Los Angeles in the 1940s, the heyday of Hollywood where every young girl dreamed of making it big on the silver screen. For 22-year-old Elizabeth Short, it was a new home after leaving her mother and sisters on the East Coast. The aspiring actress moved to California after living on and off in Florida and Boston, setting her sights on fame and reuniting with her father who abandoned her family when she was just a little girl. By the mid-1940s, Short was working as a waitress to support herself while dreaming of catching her big break into Hollywood's acting scene. However, her chance at stardom would never come. On a chilly morning in January 1947, a woman taking a walk with her daughter came across what she thought was a discarded shop mannequin. But after closer inspection, she came to the horrific realization she was looking at a dismembered corpse and ran to a nearby house to call police. Officers rushed to the scene and found the body of Short cut in half, drained of blood, and disemboweled. However, the most striking feature left on her body were two slits on her cheeks, giving her an everlasting smile. Welcome! The Conspiracy Therapy Podcast with Ryan, Larry, Joshua, and the Illumamami herself, Miss April. And on this week's episode, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, we go on the case of the Black Dahlia murder. shake my ass to this true story (laughs) you want to bet a john like me girls you're gonna play me some big band and feed my belly this is my this is my uh music i listen to every night before i go to bed sinatra no no this is sammy k and and his orchestra oh my this is like his range or his news (laughs) (laughs) yeah Where's E Street Band? Exactly. Good stuff. Well, guys, we, I I would say so far, we haven't really climbed into anything too, well, yes, it's been dark, but this is, this is where we put our old detective slicks on. We get to the bottom of it. Ryan fumbly mumbly through the dark with his flask, with his three intrepid adventurers behind him. We're going to solve a case tonight, I think. Oh my! Yeah. Oh yeah. That's. Oh yeah. Quite a statement. All right. Well, want me to paint a picture of this time, this era for you? We're gonna go into it. Would you please? Yeah, I think we should. I think I don't know what name we've come up with this. I like the time capsule or time time capsule. Let's time capsule it up with Larry. uh, A new segment we're debuting on this episode, where our friend Lawrence is gonna he's gonna put us in. The squeaky shoes of the past. We're going to look at the 1947. Kind of paint a picture. Some of this stuff surprised me. Okay. Of course, cool. we, we hit no. Larry knows because he was there. Actually, this was before my father was born. Yes. So. 
<laughs> number one song, of course, the old Lamplighter by Sammy Kay and his orchestra was the number one song the week she uh, was murdered. Uh, of course, you have some some birthdays of perhaps musicians you've heard of, such as uh, David Bowie was born in 1947. Oh. Warren Zevon, Elton John, Ronnie Wood of the Rolling Stones, Mick Fleetwood, Brian May, Carlos Santana. Don Henley, Meatloaf, Brian Johnson, Sammy Hagar, and Greg Allman are just touching on some of the musicians wow. that were born that year. Wow. A lot of my, a lot of my heroes. Yeah, one specific. Well, I'd say, yeah, holy shit, that's a waiting for. Uh, a, a David Bowie rant from Brian. I, 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 I'm stopping myself. Okay, good for you. Good for you. I was gonna say Brian May personally, but guitarist of Queen. Meatloaf for me. Uh, Academy Award winners for movies in 1947. The Gentleman's Agreement won Best Picture. Best... Yeah, we had an agreement, see? It was a gentleman's agreement. <laughs> Best director was Elia Kazan. Of, of course, Gentleman's Agreement. Best actor was Ronald Coleman in A Double Life. Best actress, Loretta Young in The Farmer's Daughter. Oh, yeah. Thought I rented that one. Uh, probably. Oh, never mind. That one's triple X. <laughs> Best supporting actor was Edmund Gwen in Miracle on 34th Street, which was, of course, is like a cultural icon of a movie. Yes. And Best Supporting Actress, Celeste Holm in A Gentleman's Agreement. And uh, some actors and actresses that were born in 1947. Yes. Just touch on a couple of them. Farrah Fawcett, uh-huh. Rob Reiner, Glenn Close, John Ratzenberger, a hero to us uh, male prostitutes, <laughs> Robert England. Peter Weller, O.J. Simpson. Oh, my. Wow. Albert Brooks, Arnold Schwarzenegger. No shit. And Richard Dreyfuss, all born in 1947. Wow. So, Freddy and the, the and, Terminator. And the real killer. Yeah. And the Terminator. Yeah. <laughs> so, if you are a sports fan, there was really no such thing as the NFL back then. There was, but it was two separate uh, leagues, uh, Philadelphia Eagles beat by Chicago Cardinals for the NFL championship. Jackie Robinson became the first African-American baseball player in Major League Baseball. God, this is a big year. Uh, A Babe Ruth Day was celebrated uh, as Babe was stricken with throat cancer that year. Uh, He said, the only real game I think in the world is baseball. This also was the first year the World Series was televised. Really? As the New York Yankees beat the Brooklyn Dodgers four games to three. There was also the inaugural College World Series where California defeated Yale. Yale led by a man by the name of George Bush would go on to be president of the United States of America. I already think this segment is being greenlit for the rest of the yep. show. Want to know about the cost of living in 1947? Uh, no. Perspective? Yeah. Average cost cost of a new house six thousand six hundred dollars. Oh boy. <laughs> Average wages per year two thousand eight hundred and fifty dollars. Mm. Cost of a gallon of gas fifteen cents. Yes, I remember those days. You could get a hooker for ta- for a dime. Average cost of a new car was thirteen hundred dollars. Loaf of bread thirteen cents, and a stamp three pennies. Fuck now, male prostitutes running us rampant with this. Well, a little inflation. A little crossover <laughs> to a different episode. Yeah, this sure. is also the year. As a matter of fact, on July 7th, that the Roswell UFO incident happened. Oh, boy. Whoa, so you can go back to, I th- which one was that? Was that Aliens? Our second episode? Yeah. Second or third? Third. Gray Aliens. 
Here are some inventions that happened in 1947. You have Polaroid uh, with the first in- instant camera. Saab produces its first automobile. Goodrich manufactures the very first tubeless tire. So the modern, I don't know if that's modern day tire. Yeah. Uh, the transistor is invented. Oh, that's important. Uh, let's see here. We've got Walt- Walter Morrison invents the Frisbee. Stoners rejoice. <laughs> E-N-I-A-C, the world's first digital computer, is turned on after a memory upgrade. And it would never be turned off until 1955. The sound barrier was broken in 1947. Was invented. The defibrillator. Arti- artificial intelligence was invented. The mobile phone invented. And hol- the very first hologram invented in the country of Hungary. Okay, so obviously the Greys had a lot to do with that. Right, naturally. Eisenhower's like, give me that shit. Give me them sweet, sweet inventions, you fucking Greys. They asked the aliens for inventions, and Eisenhower's like, I want to know what kind of thing I can throw around. And Truman was president in <laughs> My sons get real bored. Something that's like a saucer. Something like what those aliens fly. Yeah. We'll call it a Frisbee. <laughs> yeah. Okay, pull the Thunderbird to the side of the road. That's more of a Model T. Yeah, I guess it would be a Model... Uh, now, 1947, you probably could... Not a Thunderbird, but... A coupe? Some a coupe, sure. Sure, sure we'll go with that. I don't know. Sort of... <laughs> fucking... Family... The, the Saab that was invented Saab, that year. Yeah. Pull, pull the Saab. Pull the Saab to the side of the road. Yeah, see? We're gonna talk to you guys. All right, realistically, I gotta ask. Yes. Have you ever seen a dead body... Yes. Human? Human dead body, yes. Yes. Just funerals count? Oh. I guess it could. I mean, if that's, I, I, if that's I don't you. feel that should count. Okay. It's a little dressed up. That's true. Dressed up and ready to kill. I'm ready to pass on. Uh, Josh, why don't you head this up because you seemed enthusiastic. About yeah, he was like, yeah, well, yeah, I saw a dead body. Woo! <laughs> dead body! <laughs> I may have dissected a few. Oh boy! Well, if it's he did that, with that shaved head, he does have that look, doesn't he? He's got a mad scientist look Jeez. going on. Actually, the the lady who shaved my head said I had the best beard that she had ever seen. Aww. I guess I should give up my sea captain's Wait, hat was for that, that your, beard because was that was that <laughs> I've not a earned it. Beard. Yeah, he does. Was you that? should be selling fish sticks with that beard. <laughs> I love fish sticks. <laughs> Just standing like on the in corner your mouth? with like soggy pocket fish sticks. Your yellow, that yellow <laughs> slicker on the yellow boots. Yeah. Okay. Mm. Josh, tell us a story of when you saw a dead body. Well, I guess. Yeah. I, if funerals don't count. I got, I've never walked into a room on a dead body. I've had someone almost die in my arms. Mm. That was pretty Aww. shitty. But uh, I've seen animals get freshly killed. I've seen shows die because of Josh. I have too. <laughs> this one in particular. Well, <laughs> like as far as the 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 crime scene of Elizabeth. 
Well, here. we'll let him get into that. You, the well, question, no, 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 the no. question was, have you seen a dead body? Well, I'm getting to it. It's when it's, it's pretty <laughs> gruesome. This isn't a person. But we when the, I was, the, the question was, have you seen a dead oh, person? <laughs> Never mind then. Is the answer yes or no? I still don't know. No, if funeral doesn't count. Okay. okay. <laughs> All right. April. Tons of them. Really? Yeah. I used oh. to work in a nursing home. And the way that the nursing home was set up is they, I worked in the kitchen and um, the, the back door where they would load all the dead bodies into the hearse. Oh, wow. Or whatever, the, the dead body mobile. Um, <laughs> Someone bring the Subaru they, around back. Right? They would. Out back. <laughs> Just fucking Wait, throw them in there. Some midget. Bring up, bring up, bring up the. What, what, what do you guys drive? PT Cruiser. PT Cruiser. <laughs> All right. For the midgets. Fold the seats down. Um, no, but the way that the building was set up is that like the drop zone for dead bodies was right across the hall from where the kitchen was. So they'd wheel dead people across. I'd oh just I'd look up from whatever I was doing and I'm like, oh, there goes Ethel. Bye. Like, the, uh, yeah, I've seen. More than my fair share of. Does it ever? Did it weird you out? Or it did it at first, but I'm I kind of like I hate saying that like oh I'm used to it, but yeah. kind of when you work in a nursing home, knowing that that's like where they're going right. to go, you know, it's the last roller coaster ride before the park. Exactly. <laughs> I don't know if you see a couple of them, and then it's just like old hat. You look up, and you're like, oh, we're, there goes another one. Yeah. Bye, Bill. So. Bill, we hardly knew ye. Yep. Larry? Uh, my stepfather passed away a few years ago, oh. and uh, m- m- my mom said if you want to see him bef- well, before the ambulance show, you know, before they show up to take him away, and I couldn't bring myself to do it. Well, I understand that. I mean, he's somebody you loved a lot. I guess that's where it really gets... Uh, uh, it gets hard on on people, especially when you're when you're um, when it's someone you you know. And I mm-hmm. think in your instance, April, it would be a little easier. Um, I did see one time, and I don't know if this would count, but this is the closest I came. I was uh, as a male prostitute on my route out doing my thing. Um, I did see somebody getting carted out, mm. who was a uh, used to mm. male prostitution, used to too. deliver semen too. Yes. <laughs> Anyway, it was it was a little weird, um, but at the same time, I think it like in your instance, it would have. I don't know if I would be able to do that, especially if it's somebody I'd rather just have the memories of than see them. Like my um, dog had no problem just jumping around in there, and <laughs> I was trying to <laughs> grieve my little tiny dog's like, oh. hey, why isn't gr- why kind of broke up? Moving? It kind of broke up the grimness of it, but yeah, it does. Um, oh, dogs. Anyway, um, yeah. So this is. This is uh, one of those things where I kind of wanted to lead with something that we could talk about because I'm going to say this. In this case, these particular photos that were taken from the crime scene of Elizabeth Short's murder are immensely traumatizing. Um, These are very famous pictures too we'll we'll post some of them on the Facebook and the Instagram. But the the main the main thing of this case is that. It's really stuck around. It's an unsolved mystery. It's like the first major one that came up every single time I would sit down at my computer and Google unsolved mysteries to cover on this show. I'm I'm excited to get into it. Now, do do you guys any of you guys know anything about this case off the bat? 
Josh knows more than I do for sure. I'm going to say nothing. Play nice. While looking into the pop culture stuff for this, I ended up reading a little bit more and you'll get to that. But yeah, the photos (laughs) are really what struck me first because holy hell, it's it's gruesome. He was sitting on the couch and I I didn't even know what he was looking at on the tablet. And I heard him go. Oh my god. And I was like, you're looking at the pictures, aren't you? Yeah. 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 Exactly. My butthole clenched to the thickness of a needle. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Just let it out. Well, yeah, it'd be a little squeakier than that, but all right. Well let's 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 get into some facts. Now that Larry's really painted a picture of where we are in time, um, I'm gonna start to just kinda walk you through this now. First of all, before we get too far, Elizabeth Short, that's the name of the girl that was is the Black Dahlia, basically. She was born on July 29th, 1924. Now, when she died, she was 22. So mm. the date that they found her was January 14th, uh, 1947. Known posthumously as the Black Dahlia, she was an American woman who was found murdered in Lamert Park neighborhood in the Lamert Park neighborhood of Los Angeles, California. Have any of you guys ever been to LA before? I have. Okay, no, like last year I went. What, what? How was it when you went last year? It's it's a beautiful city. Yeah, it is. A little smoggy. Depends on Not, where you I are. think that, yeah, it wasn't when I was there. So maybe they've done a good job of cleaning up. I don't know. They added those air filters to the air or those giant. Yes. The giant filters. <laughs> they put cigarette filters over all the industrial. I admit that's actually surprising as somebody who's never been there. Cause whenever you see Los Angeles painted up in movies or TV, it looks like it's slummy. It's yeah. I was going to say I was on the good side, like by the basketball stadium and the hockey stadium, the nice part of town. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm sure right. my think, experience was a little different. The farther north of the PCH you go towards Burbank, the mm-hmm. nicer it gets. Of course, the more congested it gets, too. I was just angry that there wasn't an in and out by my house, by my uh, hotel room. I know. That's a bummer. That is. Been okay. years since I had an in and out. What did you normally get when you went? God, to- I don't even remember. I was like 12, I think, when we went the last time, and I probably got... The early heart attack special. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I had my I had my first stint by fourteen. <laughs> oh boy! Rest in peace, Kevin Smith. That's oh, oh boy. Uh, and Colin, Colin Quinn. Talk about me. Wait, they're grabbing. both alive, right? Yeah, they yeah, they both lived. Okay, I, my bad. I, I about lost my shit when I saw that on my phone. All right, good. He's good to know he's still kicking. Anyway, um, so this is according to the Wikipedia. She was a native of Boston. Short had spent her early life in Massachusetts and Florida before relocating to California where her father lived. Now, her father had actually left her very early in her age. And okay. she was, I think, possibly on a mission to try to either get hook out, back up with dad. hook up with dad, maybe get a career going. Everybody, everybody in the 40s that was a pretty female, for the most part, wanted to be an actress. It's, it's prevalent in that time. Yeah, it was like the 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 beginning of the booming era of Hollywood. Yeah. I mean, you had the 30s where that was a big deal and probably even the late 20s, but this is like the hotbed right here. Mm-hmm. So it is commonly held that Short was an aspiring actress, though she had no known acting credits or jobs during her time in L.A. She would acquire the nickname of the Black Dahlia posthumously as newspapers of the period often nicknamed particularly lurid crimes. The term may have originated from a film noir mystery, murder mystery, the Blue Dahlia, 
released on April of 1946. God, they're bad. They were bad back then with their nicknames for things. Well, they, well the press liked that though. They like it and it was trendy and it stuck, you know, it's stuck yeah, to, still to this to, day. Well, another reason why they called her that was because she was known to pretty much only wear like black clothing. True. Like black. They yeah. say she was goth. Mm hmm. Quote unquote. Oh, I'm gonna be an actress. <laughs> well, she also whatever money she had, she spent on clothes. She never spent money on food. She was almost always poor. And if, I'm if, hungry, but I look good. Where's my daddy? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> I love it. No, but it's true. I mean, she she had many male suitors come calling. She never slept with them because according to and this is getting to the crime, but her sexual organs weren't fully matured at that time. So supposedly she couldn't have had sex with these people, which doesn't make sense. And that was part of a report of one of the documentaries I listened to. I've got a tiny cooter because I tell you what, when I was eight years old, even though I couldn't ejaculate, I still played with myself. So (laughs) I don't understand that idea. But then again, you know, maybe there's something that says, do not pass go when you, you, I don't know what wouldn't be done at the yeah. Well, the you know. <laughs> coincidentally, we do have a, a, a woman here that could say <laughs> if there is a you shall not pass wizard standing on their vagina until Labia? they're twenty five. What is that? What, do you know what that means? Like if it's because it, in the documentary I listened to, it said there was no way that she could have had slept with these men because her sexual organs weren't fully developed at twenty two. I mean, what does that mean? Do you know? It seems weird because I, I feel like, you know, they, they make lubes for that sort of thing. Unless it's a medical I, thing. That's true. Maybe maybe it was a medical I thing. I mean, but what that, are, are they alleging that she had never slept, slept with anyone? With, nope. uh, the only thing I can think of as far, and this is a, re- a stretch also, is that her hymen was intact. Yes. The, co- the, the cherry, right? Right, right? But I... I don't know as far as I call it my Blackberry. <laughs> Oh, oh my boy. God. I'm sorry. Anyway, continue on. Thank you for your insight, April. <laughs> problem's what I'm here for. So uh, after the January 15, 1947 discovery of her body. Now, I don't know, Josh, you said you saw the crime scenes, but what's crazy about that, um, when, when, she, when she was found, um, she was found... Her, she was completely naked. She was found severed in two pieces mm. on a vacant lot. Now, today there's actually a house where that, where not on this spot, but mm-hmm. there's a house like it's it's the front yard of, of a house of a property, which is weird because when you look at the crime scene, it's like oh god, it's a like a vacant area. But when you look at it today, it's like fuck, that could be my neighborhood. Like it's very suburban looking, hmm. like modern day right now. So um, she was found in two pieces on a vacant lot on the west side of South Norton Avenue, midway between Coliseum Street and West 39th Street in Lemert Park, Los Angeles. At the time, the neighborhood was largely undeveloped. Local resident Betty Bersinger discovered the body at approximately 10 a.m. while she was walking with her three-year-old daughter. Can you imagine that with your daughter? That would fucking blow. Because she's like, mommy, mommy. What's this lady doing sleeping? Her God. What's her, half this lady doing sleeping? Her bottom half fell off. What Is that happened? Gonna happen to me? Oh my God. I'm going to walk into traffic. It's just like my Legos. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so 
Brissinger initially thought she found a discarded store mannequin. <laughs> when she realized it was a corpse, she rushed to a ner- nearby house and telephoned the police. Short's severely mutilated body was completely severed at the waist and drained entirely of blood, leaving its skin a pallid white. Medical... E- <laughs> Medical examiners determined that she had been dead for around 10 hours prior to the discovery, leaving her time of death either sometime during the evening of January 14th, which is why I said January Mm -hmm. 14th, or the early morning hours of January 15th. The body obviously had been washed by the killer. Her face had been slashed from the corners of her mouth to her ears. Now, one of the detectives that was on the case, yeah, is puking on the side of the road. He's like, I cannot imagine what that would have been like, but um, he said that there was dew on the body. So he thought that maybe the body had been left like relatively earlier than uh, earlier. Or, I'm sorry. Later in the morning than the, the night before, because of the fact that they found that on, 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 on her body. Now, Short had several cuts on her thigh and breast where entire portions of flesh had been sliced away. The lower half of her body was. Oh, I think it was a lumberjack. Um, so the lower half of her body was position, positioned a foot away from the upper and her intestines had been tucked neatly underneath her buttocks. That just seems weird. What? Like he cut her Tuck in half, and he was like, "What is this spaghetti bullshit? Mm-hmm. I'm gonna put this right <laughs> under, fold it and put it back where it belongs, <laughs> right under her butt." So, um, the corpse had been posed with her hands over her head, her elbows bent at right angles, and her legs spread apart. Which is usually the case with a lot of serial mm-hmm. killers. They want you to walk in and see grandma splayed open, oh. so it looks like <laughs> you're caught. Just like your grandfather used to find me back in the day. Again, we are not. We are not saying anything bad about Elizabeth Short. We're just merely saying how things happened. If you look at the crime scenes, they're way worse than us making any sort of little humors about it. Anyway, so they found this body. They're like, holy balls. This is scary as fucking shit. Um, I want to back up a little bit now. I want to place where she was. Now, there's a few different suspects that are going to come up as I talk, and they're there were a lot, actually, but there's a couple that I want to focus on. And honestly, if we were going to do all the suspects, we'd probably have to do a part two. And I don't want to do that. Not because I don't think this case isn't interesting enough, but because I think that some of them were just nonsense. And at the time, the LAPD was as corrupt as shit. So all these, a lot of the suspects, I really don't take it to heart until you know, there's actual some real factual evidence that really binds them. And those are the people that I'm going to bring up now. I want to place her again, like I said. So she she came back to to California in, in 1942. Now, at the time, she she as a child she was she had bronchitis and se- severe asthma attacks. She underwent Ooh. lung surgery at age 15, after which doctors su- suggested that she needed a milder climate during the weather months. Mm. So that's partially why she moved. It wasn't just because she wanted to you know, get, get a relationship going back with her dad. Uh, Ain't nobody got time for bronchitis. And I tell you what, we Michigan people, we're tough as balls. We get bronchitis in this weather. We say, fuck it. I got a mild chest cold. I'm going to push on. God damn it. (laughs) Prostituting ain't going to do itself. That's right. (laughs) We got a house to house today. We got a prostitute with everybody. Anyway. So, 
she did drop out of high school though. I just want to I want to mention that because what a loser. Because but and the time and this is the time too. I mean, it's different nowadays. You drop out of high school and you can go back and get your GD. But in that time, a lot of people just they saw it work, you know. And it didn't. A lot of famous people and a lot of bad people did do the same. Anyway, so um, she did have a pretty serious relationship with a man whose name was Michael Gordon. He was a sorry. No, no, no. Okay. I'm going to skip that. So at the time her at the age of 18, Elizabeth relocated to Vallejo to live with her father, whom she had not seen since she was six years old. I want to hit on this relationship. At the time, he was working at the nearby Mare Island Naval Shipyard on San Francisco Bay. Arguments between Short and her father led to her moving out, though, in January of 43. Shortly after she took a job at the base exchange at Camp Cook near Lompoc, California, living with several friends and briefly with an Air Force sergeant who was reportedly abusive to her. Short left Lompoc in mid-1943 and moved to Santa Barbara, where she was arrested. Damn. For underage drinking at a local bar. The juvenile authorities sent her back to Medford, but she returned instead to Florida, making only occasional visits to Massachusetts, which is where they were. So while in Florida, she met, uh, this is the major guy. She met Major Matthew Michael Gordon Jr., a decorated U.S. Army Air Force officer of the Second Air Command Commando Group. He was training for deployment to the China-Burma-India theater of operations of World War II. She told friends that he had written to propose marriage while he was recovering from injuries from a plane crash in India. That sucks. She accepted his offer, but Gordon died in a second crash on August 10th, my dad's birthday of 1945. (laughs) He was not alive then. (laughs) Although, 45, was your dad alive then? No, No, it was 47. He was negative two. Less than a week before the Japanese surrender ended the war. So this is a week before he died in a crash. Wow. That sucks. So she went back to L.A. or she went to L.A. initially in July of 1946 to visit Army Air Force Lieutenant Joseph Gordon Fickling. Now, Fickling was tied to one of the suspects lists for some people when it comes to this case. He she he and the, the two of them met in Florida. And Fickling was stationed at the Navy Reserve Air Base in Long Beach. Short spent the last six months of her life in Southern California, mostly in the Los Angeles area, shortly before her death. And the two, the the couple that she was the lieutenant, they actually had kind of like a fallout, unfortunately, through letters. Um, But a lot of people thought that he was still tied to her and maybe one of those jealous lovers because she was always going out. She was always making friends. She was... She, she, if this makes any sense, and this is something that I think I really want to hit home with this episode, she was more happy in the company of strangers than she was Hmm. family and friends. That paints a good picture of who she was. Um, now one of the other subjects is a man named Robert Manley, whose nickname was red because of his red hair. A 20 original. Well, you know, it's 1947. What are you going to get? So uh, he was a 25-year-old married salesman she had been dating. Manley stopped, stated he, sh- he dropped short off at the Bitmore Hotel located at Biltmore. I'm sorry, Biltmore. By the way, Biltmore, I think we brought up the, um, uh, what was it? The, w- the hotel that, that Lisa Lamb stayed at, the Chelsea or the... It's- 
think it was the Chelsea. Yeah. It was either the Chelsea or we'll, we'll, we'll figure it out. But it, um, it was also the Richard Ramirez hotel that he stayed at the, the junkie kind of skid row hotel that was haunted. The Biltmore hotel is worthy of a future episode because supposedly this is a hotel that Elizabeth short haunts hmm. now to this day. And, uh, just, as, just as creepy as, Boo. just as creepy as the Chelsea slash. I don't think it was called the Chelsea. God, I can't think of the name of it. I'm sorry, guys. I will edit myself. Exactly. Okay, so this this hotel was located at 506 South Grand Avenue in downtown LA. And that short was to meet her sister who was visiting from Boston the afternoon. Uh, by some account, staff of the Bit- Biltmore recalled having seen short using the lobby telephone shortly after she was allegedly seen by patrons of the crown grill cocktail lounge at seven, five, four South olive street, approximately half a mile away from the Biltmore hotel. Now this place that the place that she was last seen at, uh, Manly actually took her to her, uh, boyfriend slash Uber driver. Hmm. (laughs) And the thing about it is what's crazy is, uh, that's not a, uh, bar anymore. It's actually a strip club. All right. The more you know. I wonder what kind of music they would play then in a strip club. Hmm? What's okay. that? Yeah, like a stri- if there was a strip club back then, what kind of music would they play? And then she shows like her ankle and they're like, here we go. Here we go. Black Dahlia, stage one, she. Black Dahlia, stage one, she. All right, boys. Here comes a little ankle for you. You want to see the other half of my neck? Oh, my God. The buffet is open. The buffet is open. <laughs> We've got buttered toast and fish sticks. Coincidentally, that day, they were running a two-for-one special. That's right. Two-for-one? What would that be? Top half, bottom half. Oh, God. Oh, Josh. Oh, boy. With that kind of sharp wit, we need you in the pictures, see? All right. Now, let's get a little bit into the autopsy, because obviously we want to talk about this disgusting crime scene. Now, I think I mentioned it before, but she had no blood on. There was no blood anywhere. You got this big ass corpse. I mean, she's not big ass corpse. She's she's a she's a body that is splayed in half with her intestines under her butt, her arms above her head. And she's got this crooked fucking clown prince of hell (laughs) smile because somebody carved big old fucking lip it's joker like it's very joker like and that's probably why josh's butt clamped so hard because if you put a bunch of clown makeup on her it would have been the joker from the dark the dark night basically so anyway the autopsy on short's body was performed on january 16 1947 by dr frederick newbar in the los angeles county coroner newbar newbar's autopsy report stated that short was five feet five so she's about average um, she weighed 115 pounds, which, oh God, I can't even look at that picture. Josh is showing everybody this, well, this picture of that her. Because that way Larry can get an idea of what we're talking about. <laughs> yeah, it's creepy. She had light blue eyes, brown hair, and badly decayed teeth. So obviously she was 22 and eating sugar cubes. There were l- My bad. ligature marks on her <laughs> ankles, wrists, and neck, which to me says serial killer. Anybody who's who's got them tied like that mm-hmm. is probably somebody They're, who's slowly and didn't mercilessly. That means they put right. that in the trunk before they left. It, yeah. Very true. 
So there were those marks and irregular laceration with superficial tissue loss on her right breast. Now, I think most men are booby men, but let me ask you, let me ask the gentleman of conspiracy therapy. What Mm -hmm. are we? Are we ass or boob men? I can hear who, all the who, who, I can hear all the lefty guys that are listening to this like <laughs> SJWs. All the alerts Fuck just them. went off. Fuck those I SJWs. <laughs> I'm an ass man. There you go. Me too. I love a good. I'm. I. I love. I love. When it, especially <laughs> when it. Especially when it talks to me. No, I'm just kidding. That's what I don't get. Is they're like, oh, why go through the back door when the front door's open and you're an ass man? I didn't say it. I was an asshole man. <laughs> I said it was enough. a colon man. <laughs> Fair enough. Let me <laughs> check your oil, honey. Yeah. I got my dipstick out. Oh. I th- the, your dog just jumped on my leg and is <laughs> we're talking about ass and I thought that was Larry's hand for sure. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, I get it, Larry. You like the? He's <laughs> playing gay chicken with you. Right. Josh. Um. Yeah. In the anus. Yeah. No. Definitely. Uh, definitely the boobs. Definitely. <laughs> Good. He has to say that. He's obligated to say that because I'm Dutch and I have no ass. Oh, I'm just true. straight from back to thighs, like a frog wearing <laughs> like, jeans. Like Hank Hill. Like <laughs> Kermit. But yeah. Oh boy. Yeah, I've got that too. <laughs> Again, we're not we're not making light of this poor woman who was murdered. We're just talking about the preferences we have. That's all. Anyway, so I like a pussy after its pee. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. I love that one. <laughs> all right, so. Newbar also noted superficial lacerations on the right forearm, so not just the boob, in the left upper arm, in the lower left side of the chest. It sounds like she was protecting herself. Yes, and also sounds mm-hmm. like he took a few like pieces to save most serial killers. And this is this, to me, I'm an, I'm a big serial killer aficionado. I just listened to Richard Ramirez and Ed Kemper today. Like I'm just going off today, like listening to podcasts or audiobooks about things that I'm interested in. So this stuff just to me right off the bat sounds like a serial killer keeping mementos. One of the more interesting things I had pointed out to April when I saw the pictures and this is obviously nothing to do with perverting because it's obviously a dead person. One of the, the probably the more most interesting thing Literally. I pointed out was it looked like under the belly button but like above her above vagina. the bush was there was a chunk cut out there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was. I, th- I thought that was very strange. And then, yeah, just the random, like, on the legs and... <laughs> uh, on Is, the legs and whatnot. It, everywhere else. I mean, but, the, like, that one spot. Yeah. Yeah, no, no. I mean, and that's just from you looking at it, like, kind of offhandedly uh, as a as a podcast doing, a re- doing research. Um, so, anyway, the lacerations on each side of the face, which extended from the corners of the lips, were measured at three inches on the right side of the face and 2.5 inches on the left. So, it wasn't, I don't think this was a thing where he wanted like exact, it wasn't like an exacto knife. I think it was mm-hmm. like a, you're going to smile forever. I'm going to make you smile. Which is terrifying. Damn it, Larry. Everybody's butt who's listening to this is clenching shut every time they hear that. Oh boy. Anyway, so consistent with this, um, I'm sorry, the small, 
The skull was not fractured, but there was noted bruising on the front and right side of her scalp with a small amount of bleeding in the subarachnoid space on the right side, consistent with the blows to the head. The cause of death was determined to be hemorrhaging from the lacerations to her face, which fucking sucks, and the shock from blows on the head and face. Newbar noted that Short's anal anal canal... I need to not fuck up those canal because I say <laughs> her anal canal when I start to say, <laughs> when I start to say the word anal canal and I don't fly through it I know we're gonna we're gonna be drowning in, in fart butt and sex. butt something about flying through an anal in canal sounds horrible ah, I fucked up in the words butt anal a- her anal canal <laughs> and flying up it uh, oh don't boy. fly up an anal canal. <laughs> Watch out. Please do, don't. So <laughs> she, or, I'm sorry, uh, he, Newbar, noted that her anal canal was dilated at 1.75 inches, suggest- suggesting she may have been raped, but not about a dildo, not in the front door, in the back door. Mm. Yikes. It was propped open wide. There was no locks on it. Samples were taken from her body, testing for the presence of sperm, but the results came back negative. My cum is black. I mean, its thing is, like most people, he probably could have easily just pulled out and sprayed it on the dog. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Why the dog? I had, I had to elevate that a little oh. bit. Uh, so prior to the autopsy, police had quickly been able to identify the victim as short after sending copies of her fingerprints to Washington, D.C. via sound photo, a, primi- a primitive fax machine of the era. <laughs> The prints matched those given by Short during the night her 1943 arrest, so they knew right away who this was. Her body was destroyed, so we know who found her. We know her backstory. Now it's time to talk suspects, and I'm gonna I'm gonna go a couple, and then we're gonna lead into a break. What do we got, Josh? Oh, I don't know. We're going right into the break, but well, no, no, no. It, it, we can I. The last one I'm going to lead off with the sound clip in the middle, but I is there anything you wanted to say about suspects or? Well, I just wanted to point out that of everything that happened to this this poor woman, I guess I'm kind of glad that she, from the sounds of it, she was not alive when she was cut in half. Well, well, that makes you a that, good man, Josh. That's nice, and we would like our and we'd like obviously anybody who gets killed. We have, well, it would be nice that if everybody who got killed had a merciful death, but I think unfortunately with this one, it sounds like an awful it way sounds, to die. It sounds like because she died of blood head, out of she, her mouth cuts. Yeah, those were head. That was head trauma. So I, I would imagine that she probably did not die happily, <laughs> despite it, the smile on and her the face. Bruises that, yeah, the bruises she took to her skull, her face, the lacerations. This was not merciful. She, she, this was a horrible death. So let's um, now in, with the investigation on January 21, which was mm, about six days after the, the, the initial discovery of the body, a person claiming to be Short's killer placed a phone call to the office of James Richardson, the editor of the LA Examiner, congratulating Richardson on the newspaper's coverage of the case and stating he planned on eventually turning himself in, but not before allowing police to pursue him further. Additionally, the caller told Richardson to expect some souvenirs of Beth short in the mail. Now, nine days later from the murder, bloody envelope shows up. A suspicious manila envelope was discovered by a U.S. postal service worker. 
The envelope had been addressed to the LA Examiner and other Los Angeles papers with individual words that had been cut and pasted with newspaper clippings. Now, we've all seen this in movies. Mm -hmm. It's been Mm -hmm. replicated forever, and it came from this, for real. So you got this... uh, Oh, boy. (laughs) An envelope full of... uh... Jitties! Okay, so this is what you got. And that's okay. that's a replication of that to the LA exa- Examiner offers and other newspapers. So mm-hmm. this is the the way they they used the newspaper and cut out the words that they wanted to use, right? Right. Just to to say whatever the statement Some was. Some sort of retarded magnetic poetry. <laughs> <laughs> um. So th- the uh they they sent these clippings with individual words that have been cut and pasted with, with the newspaper clip, clippings. Additionally, a large message on the face of the envelope read, here is Dahlia's belongings, letter to follow. The envelope contains shorts, birth certificate, business cards, ph- photographs, names wow. written on a pieces of paper, an address book, and their social security card even. Now, this is what crazy is crazy to me, and here's a life hack for everybody. It was all covered in gasoline, did not uh, have fingerprint traces. Oh. So... The next time you want to send your ex-lover a message and you don't want them to know mm-hmm. that it was you because you don't want them to know, you so, just cover it in gasoline and then they'll so, never find you. So send it away. So you cover your cell phone in gasoline before you send the text, right? <laughs> That's the best dad joke you've had in a while. All right. Josh is going to be in pictures. Um, so let's see here. So anyway, there were there was a... In the note, it actually said to expect more uh, future correspondence. <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, the same day that the packet was received by the examiner, a handbag and black suede shoe were reported to have been seen on top of a garbage can in an alley a short distance from Norton Avenue, which is where the crime scene was. Mm. And that pertained to the case. So the items were recovered by police. They'd also been wiped clean with gasoline, destroying the fingerprints. As I've said, police quickly deemed Mark Hansen, the owner of the address book found in the packet, a suspect. Hansen was a wealthy local nightclub and theater owner and an acquaintance of whom short had stayed with friends. And according to some sources, he also confirmed that the person shoe discovered in the alley were in fact shorts and Toth shorts, friend and roommate told investigators that, Short had recently rejected sexual advances from Hanson and suggested it as potential cause for him to kill her. However, he was cleared of suspicion in the case. So a total of 750, holy fuck, investigators of the LAPD and other departments worked on the case during its initial stages because it was hot gas. It was in the news. They got it. You see, the thing is they're looking stupid. They're looking stupid. But this is the thing. She... By all intents and purposes, granted, she, she was painted as a hussy, but she never slept with these men. She, she was poor. She was, I, you know what? I'm going to say it. She's 22 and she's fucking lazy. She's, she spent many, I, I, not to speak ill of the dead, but she lived, but. <laughs> she lived with a family who felt bad for her because she was spending the night in a 24-hour movie theater. They saw her and they're like, oh, boy, she looks sad. And they took her home and she stayed with them for months. And you know what? She didn't look for a job. She sat on their couch the whole damn time. That was exactly what I was reading about as well, that everybody that had accounts of her said that she was not a very thankful person. Mm. She seemed very entitled because she was pretty. Damn millennials. She was used to (laughs) she was worst. She was used to hunky men being like. 
God damn, girl, I'm going to take you down to the Cineplex. I'll buy you some uh, a phosphate and some chewy candies. Please touch my penis. Oh, boy. I just want my penis to be touched. Not in the butt. But now anyway. we're going to core out your asshole. Oh, I can't talk shit on this show. I poop with my shirt off, and I love pussy. True story. So... Also, I want to sideline with the media's response. On January 26th, another letter was received by the examiner, this time handwritten, which read, here it is, turning myself in, or, I'm sorry, he didn't say turning in himself, turning in Wednesday, January 29th, 10 a.m., had my fun at police, Black Dahlia Avenger. Black Dahlia Avenger. What kind of comic books was this sick shithead reading? (laughs) I'd read it. I'm sure you would. The letter also named a location at which the supposed killer would turn himself in. Police waited at the location on the morning of January 29th, but the alleged killer did not appear. Of course, he got... Well, scared. what are we doing now, boss? <laughs> <Instead, laughs> he didn't turn himself in. Instead, at 1 p.m., the examiner offices received another cut-and-pasted letter which read, Have changed my mind. You would not give me a square deal. Dahlia killing was justified. Wow. So. Suspects. Now, let's get into this a bit. So, there is a guy. We, we talked about Red. He actually had a polygraph test. Mm-hmm. The, the, the Uber driver slash I want to be your boyfriend. Red slick of Archie, ad, uh, Archie kind of hair. And, uh, yeah, Red, Robert Manley was definitely not the guy, even though... He passed. <laughs> he passed, exactly. I'm like, ooh. Um, so there are crime authors that suspected that it was Peter Merlot who was suspected of the Cleveland torso murders, which might not be something we want to delve into, Ooh. which already sounds disgusting. But it took place in Cleveland, Ohio, between 30, 1934 and 38. As part of the investigation, the other murders that took place before and after the short murder, the original LAPD investigators studied the Cleveland murders in 47, but later discounted any relationship between the two cases. Now, in uh, in 1980, new evidence implicating a former Cleveland torso murder suspect, Jack Anderson Wilson, was investigated by Detective John P. St. John in relation to Short's murder. He claimed he was close to arresting Wilson for Short's murder, but that Wilson died in a fire on February 4th, 1982. The possible connection between Short's murder and the Cleveland murders received renewed media attention when it was profiled on the series Unsolved Mysteries. I fucking miss this sh- like this era. These shows used to scare. This is a rescue nine one one. Yeah, with William Shatner. Yeah, I think it was called Rescue. You know, you're right. Yeah. Rescue nine. That was the one. That was like the response of the other media network to try to make something mm-hmm. this good. I don't think anything's ever been as scary as this show. Just the music alone. Mm-hmm. Well, the music's scary, but the show was fucking. The reenactments scared the shit out of me. Anyway, I think it's all on Netflix or Amazon. Check it out, folks. So, the possible connections between Short's murder and the Cleveland murders received renewed immediate attention when they were profiled in Unsolved Mysteries, as we said, in 1992, in which Elliot Ness biographer Oscar Fraley suggested Ness knew the identity of the killer responsible, 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 responsible for both cases. The February 10th, 1947 murder of Jean, Jean French in L.A. was also oh, oh, oh. considered by... <laughs> 
was also considered by the media and detectives as possibly being connected to Short's killing. French's oui. body was discovered in West L.A. on Grandview Boulevard, nude and badly beaten. Oof. Written on her stomach and lipstick, what was appeared to say, fuck you, BD. Damn. Fuck you, Bagois. Yeah. And the letters text below. The Herald Express covered the story heavily and drew comparisons to the Short's murder less than months prior. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. Unless the body's completely drained of blood mm-hmm. and the intestines are under the ass and the mm-hmm. one half is above the other half and has a fucking Joker smile, nothing is going to touch that. If I come up, on, I mean, I could roll up on a murder scene and there's blood on all the walls and intestines stapled to the ceiling. Mm-hmm. I'm still going to be like, this still isn't as fucked up as that mannequin dead body that was drained of blood that scared the shit out of me and my three-year-old daughter. Oh, boy. So, now here comes the last person I want to talk about before we take a break, because our clip pertains to this. And I think we've been going long, so I apologize. Crime authors such as Steve Hodell and William Rasman have suggested a link between the short murders and the 1946 murder and dis. dis- Dismemberment. Oh, there we go. Dismemberment of six-year-old Suzanne Degnig in Chicago, Illinois. Captain Donahue of the LAP Donahoe? Captain Captain Savahoe. Donahoe of the LAPD stated publicly that he believed the Black Dolly and the Chicago lipstick murders. Ooh, that sounds interesting. Were likely connected. Among the evidence cited is the fact that Short's body was found on Norton Avenue, three blocks west of Degnan Boulevard. Degnan being the last name of the girl from Chicago. Now, Steve Hodell was the son of a man named George Hodell, who is the suspect that I want to talk about. George Hodell was a surgeon. He was a doctor. He was also a creepy fuck. He had 11 kids with five different women. He helped women who had STDs at the time, but he also helped with abortions. So he's the kind of guy that had the proclivity to know how to drain the blood from a body. He's the type of guy who probably knew where to cut on a body to, to, you know, not inflict damage because what I didn't mention too, is that there was no damage to any internal organs, considering how small well, they were nicely t- tucked away. They were, but none of them had cut marks. Whoever it was took care. And anyway, hmm. we're gonna take a break. This clip is a pick. Uh, is a a pick me up. A pick, not a not a pick me up. It's a pick it's me a apart. Quick, Quick uh, moment from the the same news clip that we started with, where Steve Hiddell, the son of George, is talking about why he thinks his dad <laughs> is the Black Dahlia murderer. Dell, a former LAPD detective who was only five at the time of the murder, claims his father committed the crime. His proof items found in his father's collection. His investigation started with a discovery of a photo album owned by George Hodell Jr., which contained photos of a dark-haired young woman who Steve believes is Elizabeth Short. He also claims the house he and his father lived in at the time of the murder had a secret room where no children were allowed. Some say this is where Short was murdered, cut in half, drained of blood, and scrubbed clean before being dumped in a vacant lot. 
Forensic investigators went back to the house in 2014 with a cadaver dog and took soil samples, which turned up evidence of human remains. However, there never seemed to be enough evidence linking anyone to Short's murder, keeping everyone guessing as to who killed a young woman looking to make it big in the city of broken dreams. Carl Hensley, One American News. Until Larry plays the songs, what he's going to do, <laughs> just for you listeners out there who are just as surprised as me, the man's a genius. He is. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank I saw you. him live a couple of years. Follow oh, Larry. That's me. Right. Yes, I'm the genius. Follow Larry at Larry underscore guy underscore guy. Mm-hmm. He's always got funny quips. Anyways, back to this disgusting murder. Um. So I'm we 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 follow we got to follow up that quip about George. Uh, the the thing about Hodel and his his case is, I don't think. Now, don't get me wrong. H. H. Holmes had a had a grandson who tried to say that he was Jack the Ripper and other things. I mean, people who are grandsons or sons don't necessarily come out as like the best people when it comes to being the relative of a serial killer or a supposed murderer. Um. Because they understand you can make a lot of money off that sort of thing. and But the thing is, this guy was a cop for years, and this wasn't something that he dedicated his life to. It was something that he found out after his dad had passed on, and he was late in his retirement age. So, retired detective Steve Fidel. Now, this is according to the Inquisitor.com. They did an article called Black Dahlia Murder. Retired detective tries to prove his dad was the killer. Now, if that video title doesn't say it all right there, I don't know what else you want from a title, I guess. I mean, E.T., the extraterrestrial. The- oh, terrestrial. <laughs> I thought I had something in common with him. <laughs> Carry on. It's just that, you know, I mean, in this case, I really do think that this wasn't something he was seeking out. He kind of stumbled on it, and a lot of it came from a picture. He saw pictures that his dad kept. He knew about the secret room, which he talked about in that clip, the secret room that his kids didn't even know about. He was a surgeon who had multiple kids. He was a playboy, basically. I mean, 11 kids with five different girls. Come on, motherfucker. Wrap that shit up. Calm down. He was spreading more seed than Michael J. Fox and a bird feeder. <laughs> oh, yes. Ah. Oh. You did, did you have that prepared? Because that was perfect. <laughs> All right. No offense to Michael J. Fox. No, there's much offense. <laughs> a whole lot of them. Don't worry. He'll shake it off. Oh, God. <laughs> 
<laughs> and that's the come down joke right there. Ooh. Oh boy. So anyway, <laughs> all right. So retired detective Steve Adele cannot let the case go. He wants to gather enough evidence to see the case declared closed while he received accolades for his work on the case a decade ago and even published a book with the contents of his finding. He has a personal vendetta against the killer. The suspected murderer is Dr. George Hedell, his father. Now, let me ask you guys a question. Yeah. If you thought that your dad was the killer and one of the most prolific murderers of all time, would you, would that consume your whole life? Would you, could, would you, I mean, would I mean, you it's, pursue it's it? Kind of one of those things like you don't know until you're there, but I would think so. God, Thanksgiving must have been really awkward for them. I know, mm-hmm. right? Pass the turkey. Murderer. <laughs> He's like carving the turkey. <laughs> Cuts it just literally in half. <laughs> Drains the blood. Dad, how did you make a crooked mm-hmm. joker smile? And he puts a top? smile on the turkey. Yep. <laughs> See, we would know though if it was him because then he would have removed the wishbone from her body, right? Right. <laughs> All right, Josh joke people are like losing their mind because this has been a Josh joke episode. Anyway, so the body of Elizabeth Short, 22, had been severed in two with surgical skill, leading early investigators to conclude that the killer had been some sort of had had some sort of medical training, Mm -hmm. which is what I kind of alluded to when I was talking about him as a suspect. Yet there was no trace of blood in the empty Limert Park lot where the body was found. Detectives believe she must have been killed elsewhere. Which to me says secret room killed and then moved. Oh, okay. Yeah. So then here we go. Secret room. Yes. Hodel. Hodel. I think it's Hodel. Yeah, that's how they said it. Hodel concluded that she was killed in his childhood home, a distinct Hollywood mansion des- designed by the famous architect Lloyd, Lloyd Wright. Andrew Lloyd Wright. The Soden house was where Dr. Holden had made his family's home. Steve Hedell concluded early on that he and his siblings were away with their mother at the time of the grisly murder, which makes sense, which is, yeah. While the district attorney general agreed to reopen the case due to Steve's evidence, Steve doesn't just want to case, have the case reopened. He wants it closed. At the top of the decades old files was a picture of Dr. Hodell. He had been the principal suspect in the case, but abandoned his family and relocated to Asia before he could be charged. And then he died. Mm. Odell knew from early police reports that a woman's screams had been heard coming from the house's unfinished basement. When Odell and Dosti arrived at the house last November, the floor of the basement was still dirt. While Dosti let Buster wander, the dog picked up traces of human remains. They had a dog go there. Human remains were found at that house. While it is possible that the ground could have shifted over time, meaning the murder could have taken place in a field out behind the house, Steve Hodell is still waiting on lab results to find the exact location of the young one's, uh, woman's unti- untimely murder. In 2011, the, uh, the popular... Oh, shit, I shouldn't say this is pop culture. All right, I'll skip it. Josh will get to it. Um, Maybe. No, you will. It's totally up your alley. So... As long as it's not about my anal can- canal. <laughs> no, it's not about that. Um, let me, this is just from reading and watching this and, and being a fan of true crime and all that. Um, no, I'm not going to get into my verdict, but I'm just going to say this about this. So Hodel not only was a surgeon, but he was a playboy. And he was also, from most 
reports not necessarily completely on the straight and narrow. The guy's the guy was intense and as can be with a son who became a cop who wanted justice. Um, his son is convinced that he's the one that did it. And he went out of his way to publish reports. And anytime you Google black Dahlia, Odell comes up. Um, I want to say one more thing too, about George. Now, not only did he relocate, but they had bugged his house because they were starting to become so convinced. And there are <coughs> some things that he said, one of them being very similar to not, not uh, actual insects, Larry, like oh, uh, bug, like listened. Um, there are transcripts from when his house was bugged where basically he said at one point, and this is, and I quote from off the top of my memory, he said, if I really did the black Dahlia murder, there's no way they're going to figure it out because the LAPD is so fucking confused and not on the case. I mean, they, he knew that he, if he did it, he knew that he was just probably going to get away with it anyway, Mm -hmm. because no one would, they were too inept. And not only that, but he's the same thought with OJ Simpson, right? It's it. This is honestly, this, this, if this reminds me of anything, it reminds me of like famous serial killer cases, most notably, probably something like, uh, serial killer wise, probably like a Bundy, a Bundy. I would say Ted Bundy meets OJ Simpson. That's what this what reminded me of. So that's kind of my take. And I don't want to get too crazy on the Hodel side, but I think right now we need to get down on some popular culture. It's time for the pop culture minute with Josh. Sonic Boom! Alright. Well, like I said, I don't have too much just because I I thought about doing Unsolved Mysteries and stuff, but I don't know. Anyways, so the first thing that I found was from a 1958 book called The Badge first published in 1958 the badge featured true and terrifying crime stories that could not be presented on tv the first 10 pages of said book are as a synopsis of the black dahlia murder uh it differs in tone from the rest of the book in that it freely admits that the lapd were never close to cracking the case so i thought that was kind of interesting uh there was <clears throat> Excuse me. A 1975 uh, film called Who is the Black Dahlia? Or sorry, 1977. And it's called True Confessions. It tells the story of two brothers working in a post-war Los Angeles. Tom and Des Spalesi. Tom is a detective and Des is a priest. Both are cynical and corrupt in their own way. Uh, it's pretty much a the same uh, thing. It's the Black Dahlia murder, except... Uh, with a woman being found naked, chopped in half, except instead of Elizabeth Short, her name is Lois Fazenda. So, now... Oh, Lois. Oh, Peter. Now, we can't talk about the Black Dahlia uh, murder 
without actually bringing up the the movie, the 2006 film, The Black Dahlia. I saw it. Now, I I have never seen it. Uh, It's very loose. Okay, uh, yeah, and that's like I've, I, the the cover of it. I've seen a thousand times, and I always thought it seemed like it was interesting because it shows Josh Hartnett. Yeah, it has Josh Hartnett, Scarlett Johansson, Hillary Swank, uh, Mia Kirshner, Rose McGowan. Might be a, worth a rewatch. It was well shot. I remember it was pretty. Yeah, but it's it's cool because it shows a, a woman laying on her side with the the cut. To the side of her face, uh, just the same as Elizabeth's face was cut with the Joker smile. Yeah, and it, 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 I think it posits similar theories to kind of what we brought up as far as the suspects. But um, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a creepy movie. It's a creepy case, right? I mean, it's 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 seventy years unsolved. It's it. There are things about it that still creep people out, and that's a go-to, right? The have you guys ever seen American Horror Story? Ah, yes. We're actually in the middle of watching Roanoke. Great, great season for the record. Is that the newest one? Uh, yes. No. It's the one that was the last season that it's on Netflix. Anyway, yeah, it's the newest one on Netflix. Anyways, okay. in 2011, American Horror Story put the Black Dahlia story throughout its episodes with the show's version of the Black Dahlia. Uh, she dies during an ill-fated dental procedure. Those dental dams will get you. Every time. Now, Short was wrongfully accused of bringing her death upon herself, labeled by the media at the time as a promiscuous bad girl. So, other than that, the only thing I have that would be, I would even put with this, and because I was like talking about metal, there is a metal band called the Black Dahlia Murder... And they are an American death metal band from Waterford, Michigan. And nice. Yeah, of course, it's derived from the murder of Elizabeth Short. And that's all I got for you. And that's been your pop culture. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Now that you've had your pop, I think it's time for us to ask the internet, what does it have when it comes to the Black Alley murder, when it comes to our Yahoo Answers? This is a beat. It is, my goodness. Uh, all right, so Yahoo Answers, I found an interesting <laughs> entry just who killed elizabeth short aka the black dahlia and of course yahoo answers gave us some very interesting answers uh the best answer obviously is a really long-winded one that i'm not going to sit here and read because we just <laughs> went all over all of that information and it pretty much just regurgitates the exact same thing that ryan has been saying for the last hour and a half <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, just kidding. Really, though, it's too long and and repetitive. But of course, uh, another signed one, Ryan. Signed Ryan. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> user Tigeris 
<laughs> wrote, it was Dr. George Hodel. His son, Steve Hodel, who is a retired L.A. detective, has written three books full of evidence that points to his dad being the murder of Elizabeth Short. In fact, Steve thinks his dad was a serial murderer who was responsible for numerous other unsolved murders in the area. Steve is still running his investigation, and in February, a cadaver dog found evidence in the basement of the doctor's former residence where the Black Dahlia was allegedly murdered. I read the first book, and I am convinced George Hodel was a sadistic sexual psychopath. In fact, he was number, the number one suspect in the case, then suddenly fled to Asia. And in, in addition, he molested his own daughter for years. True, was, true, very And true. was facing charges for that as well. Uh, user Hagena <laughs> wrote, I truly doubt that we'll ever be aware of Oh, will ever be aware of for certain. The mm. evidence, yeah, the well ev- put. Right, the evidence is muddied. Too many witnesses and suspects are long lifeless. Too many witnesses. Signed, signed Ryan. Right, <laughs> and standards. It was all me, guys. And standards of evidence custody evaluation. A lot much less the level of the specific science <laughs> and technological know-how concerned are nowhere present day ordinary. I believe that it will have to stay among the best unsolved mysteries. Okay. Signed R. Harris. Yeah. Uh, user Skeptical View wrote, No one knows who killed her. Some say it's a suspect that was let go. Uh, Orson Welles was also a suspect. Really? Mm-hmm. Even the Used Zodiac even the Zodiac killer was named. It said that her murder... Future episode, Zodiac. Yes. That's going to be a big four-parter. Yep. Uh Anyway, he said it's said that her murder was ritualistic. Uh, user Jim wrote George Zimmerman. <laughs> that guy's yeah. an asshole. Right? Yeah, he, he, he's the reason all bad things mm-hmm. happen. Uh, um, user Sir Studley Smugly. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. You guys found my username. Yeah. <laughs> That's the long-winded one, right? Sir Studley Smugly wrote, I did, even though she was killed long before I was born. Don't underestimate my capacity for evil. And then, uh... Fur. <laughs> right? User Chio Fox wrote Jim Crow. Okay. okay. And uh, user THX1138 wrote, if anyone knew the answer to that, then they would have solved the case now, wouldn't they? Oh, oh, I'm a party burr, 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 yeah. burr. Way to shit all over the internet, friendo. Yeah, no kidding. That's been your Yahoo Answers. Thank you, April. Well, guys, we have seen some crime scene photos. We've talked suspects. We've lived the life of a 1940s beautiful girl in her 20s. 22, by the way. Holy shit. I was just a stack of semen in a seaman's uniform at that time. <laughs> Very what true. about you? 22? That seems 22. way too early. I was... Jeez. A couple of years into my career, I guess. Yeah. Freshly Cal- married? No, well, I had not been married yet. Wow. I'm Probably not- dating about a year. An unmarried, dating, mm, dangerous ladies prostitute. I was dangerous back then. <laughs> he stayed up till ten o'clock. No, I'm thinking ten a.m. He stayed up until the next yeah, day. Yeah, not do yeah good things to myself then. Listening to Orbital and Underworld, mm-hmm. doing oh yep. 
I, 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 I was a bad boy myself. April, what were you like when you were 22? Oh, that was what, boy. three days ago? Yeah. Uh, yeah, pretty much. I've been 89 since I was 13. Hit her, hit her peak of coupon clipping because yep. she's Dutch. Exactly. Um, no, 22, I was in college and working as a waitress, I think. Or no, I, when I was 22, I was teaching drumline. That was the job that I had at that time. So cool. Yeah. I was just living the dream of living at home with my parents and not giving a shit. So that's cool, man. That was my, that was my heyday. I was doing a lot of, I was doing all my ground going, Hey, you remember that story about me having sex on a bathroom floor in between (laughs) a fucking potty and a fucking shower. That was, no, was before that. Oh, <laughs> that was I wasn't twenty two when I lost I'm just picturing you during that era. Junko jeans. Nobody was an adult at twenty two. By the way, no. Junko, Junko jeans is shutting down. That's sad. Junko's That's closing. Twenty years too late. Too many jokes that I've spent. <laughs> Let's all chip in. Be, they're gonna get a twenty one wall chain wallet salute. <laughs> all the vape shops are gonna close at noon. <laughs> Flags are at half mast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Nice. Awesome. Oh. Well, that was 22. Anyway, I just want to say before we get to our verdict, I want to say real quick that um it was a it was a shame and anytime we do an unsolved an unsolved murder, really it it it's it's fascinating to me just like serial killers which I've sworn that I would never cover on this show because mostly I think it's just it's overcovered and it's it gets into sp- places I don't want to go mentally. Mm-hmm. It's it's scary and and um I love doing creepy stuff but when it comes to these unsolved mysteries I really do hope that that one day these cases get closed and I do know that I've seen people come out and and, and figure this stuff out and I really do think the answers are I think the answers are out there so please ladies and gentlemen <laughs> like a bear ladies and gentlemen boys and girls it is time for a verdict In one corner, four podcasters you trust more than your life. The other corner. The other two, corner. Two, two ladies, one lady. <laughs> two parts of one lady <laughs> in that other corner. It's like two yeah. and a half men. And the, actually, in the other corner, we've got like 75 suspects. But a few of them stand out. And it's time to figure out who killed Elizabeth Short. Joshua? Holy Moses! I do think it was. Uh, I think it was Hodor, uh, Hodel, George Hodel, George Hodel, Hodor. Hodor. He was that guy from Harry Potter, right? <laughs> he sounded like the guy seven rows back at like a conference where I tell you that that's the killer, and you go, "I think it was Hodor." <laughs> I think trying to get I go the, get out of my conference. He's trying to get the Horcrux back to that guy with the no nose. <laughs> That's right. He <laughs> knows what's going on. Anyways, I His think it was, precious. I think he called it. Oh Jesus. lord! I think it was George Adele in the secret room with the wrench and the chainsaw. Yeah, of course. It, 
obviously it's it's got to be him. It's got to be. I think it's open and shut with that idea. Yes. Maybe he tried to make an advancement on her. She said no. He said, well, fuck yeah. Literally. In the butt. And <laughs> cut her in half because he was mad about things. He didn't want any more babies. Yeah, that's it. After 11, I can understand that. Right. April? Uh, yeah, I'm going to have to agree. I think it was Hodel. Um, especially after finding out that he had a history of... Um, My bad sexual assault and stuff like that regarding his daughter. I don't put it past him to, you know, blow open a butthole to a an inch and three quarters, you know, and because he, I'm sure, had access to all the tools that he would need, and especially how you had mentioned that he didn't nick any of the uh, internal organs, that seems like something that a surgeon would do. So, yeah. Uh, I'm going to say Hodel as well. I'm with you. I mean, why else would his kid obsess on something like that? Yeah. If, if if I come out in media and I suddenly start saying that my dad did something that bad, um, I don't care how strange your relationship is. You don't want to go out there and speak ill of your own family. And I think a lot of that comes from being a detective for years. And, you know, I, I trust him. I don't think somebody would... I, I just don't think that somebody would go out of their way to say something about somebody that was a family member like that. And I really do think that Hodel was the murderer. And hopefully this crime will find justice soon. And that's your verdict. You know, I like to think that every time we do a verdict, that anybody who's listening to this, who's digested this case during this period that we do an uh, episode, they feel a little bit of closure. You know what I mean? Mm. Yeah. Just a little bit of like, yeah, maybe they're right. We just kind of hope that you sit in your car or at your desk or wherever you're listening to this. And at some point during the time that you're listening, go, Even if, even if you tell yourself, huh, maybe once Josh a, tells a lot of dad jokes, <laughs> maybe once in a while, blow a little, little, little air through your nose. Like, yeah, yep. <laughs> That'd be good. I'd take that. I would do. I do the I same thing. You almost knocked yourself out on the giant flask. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Well, it is time for our last segment of the night. We are going to get quizzical. Let's get quizzical. Ladies, lady and gentlemen, our quiz today, 1940s classic movies. Ooh, I yeah. like that. I like that a lot. Cable's loose. Uh-oh. Yeah, uh, donation link on our Potomatic. We'll get to how you can don- help us pay for some more equipment. That's right. true. But first, a quiz. Name the 1944 movie in which the character portrayed by John Wayne dies. A, The Longest Day, B, The Green Beret, C, Flying Tigers, or D, The Fighting CDs. Josh. Josh. Mm. That is incorrect. April. April. A. Mm. 
That is incorrect. Ryan. Ryan. C. That is incorrect. The Flying CDs. John Wade played the role of Lieutenant Commander Wedge Donovan. Wow. Wedge. Sounds like a Star Wars character. Sounds like a sounds like sounds Wedge like, Antilles. Sounds like an appetizer at Fridays. I'll have the Wedge Donovans, please. Extra mm. cheese. All the cheese. Stuff a Pop-Tart in there. Who? <laughs> Who? Who? Directed Yankee Doodle Dandy. A. Michael Kurtzit, Curtis. B. Carl Lammy Jr. C. William Weiler. Or D. Frank Capra. Josh. Josh. D. That is incorrect. Ryan. Ryan. C. <laughs> that is incorrect. There's so much failure happening. April. April. B. <laughs> that is incorrect. I'm up to, to zero to zero to zero. This is, this is embarrassing. Terrible. I don't know 1940s film. <laughs> no one does. I'm not from the 40s, see? Oh, here we go. I've actually heard of this one. What movie won the Oscar for Best Picture the year Citizen Kane was eligible? That'd be 1941. A, The Maltese Falcon. B, Blossoms in the Dust. C, Here Comes Mr. Jordan. Or D, How Green Was My Valley. April. Ryan. Thought I rented that one. Yes, April. A. That is incorrect. Ryan. Ryan. C. (laughs) That is incorrect. You know what? I'm going to go with the porn. How green is my valley? That is correct. (laughs) Two to one to zero to zero. Question number four. I am shocked how bad we're doing it. Hey, you guys are doing bad. Here we go. Here we go. I got one here. Released in 1940, which Alfred Hitchcock movie won the Academy Award for Best Picture? A, The Lady Vanishes. B, The Lady Vanishes. Search for Curly's Gold. See Rebecca or D Rope. Josh. Josh. I'm gonna go with Rope. Fuck. Incorrect. April. April. The lady vanishes. That is incorrect. B. That is incorrect. (laughs) (laughs) It's Rebecca. This movie stars. Who cares? There's one more. Three to one to zero to zero. Question number five. (laughs) (laughs) Worth all the curly's gold. Worth worth a brand new pair of curtains. Ooh. (laughs) So we can hide our shame. That's true. (laughs) Exactly. Which which of the following actors did not did not star in Casablanca? A. Paul Henreid. B. Cary Grant, C. Ingrid Bergman, or D. Humphrey Bogart? Josh. Josh. C. Wow. That's incorrect. <laughs> Ryan. Ryan. B. Wow. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, I love Casablanca. I guess you do. <laughs> you just don't love anything else from the 40s. Name a f- movie from the 40s. Casablanca. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Citizen Kane. Miracle on 34th Street. There you go. Wizard of Oz? Is that 40s? I thought that was uh-huh. 30s. Maybe it was 30s. I don't know. Maybe it was the 70s. Nobody Maybe has Google here. Nobody has a smartphone. We'll be all right. It came out on TBS colorized in, yeah, 1980s. I don't know. Um, What year did The Wizard of Oz come out? I found a few for you to choose from. 
1939. Oh, wow. All right, then. So there you go. Wizard of Oz, 1939 movie, Tom and Jerry and the Wizard of Oz, 2011 movie, <laughs> The Muppets Wizard of Oz, 2005 movie, Siri? Wizard of Oz, Chakra Flow, 1990 movie, Mouse one too. a tribute to the Wizard of Oz, 2007 movie, Dorothy and the Wizard of Oz, no. Boomerang Show, The Wizard of Oz, 1974 movie. Thank you. Okay, Jesus nice. Christ, Siri. She'll just keep talking. It really makes me want to watch the Tom and Jerry Wizard of right? Oz, though. Well, I want to watch Check. What was it? Wizard of Oz, Check Your Flow. Yeah. That one sounded good. <laughs> now, here's the part of the Turns out show. it's about prostate problems. <laughs> here's the part of the show. Brought we to go, you by Flomax. We go all plugs. Now, should I go first? Or, or? I save it f- yes, actually go first because... Um, people still might be people, listening at this point. Hey, this is a different plug and it's important and... Ladies you know, and gentlemen, boys like, and girls, we need money for our already. studio. We wish, we wish we had some money to give to ourselves, but we have kids and we have jobs, we have medical bills, we have everything. But guess what? Not only can you wear our swag now, currently, there's a new design out there too. And if you order within the next two weeks, you get 15% off. So please, for the love of Christ, we will post this on our Facebook or Instagram, but check out shop.spreadshirt.com slash conspiracy therapy podcast. You can get a brand new shirt. <laughs> we better post the link because I ain't going to remember that. <laughs> shop.spreadshirt.com slash conspiracy therapy podcast is where you can get your own conspiracy therapy shirt conspiracy therapy fuck you can get a conspiracy therapy mug if you want panties give us the money because we need it because god damn it we need new cables yes oh my gosh and we want to make sure that we have keep everything up to date and we've got plenty of stuff coming down the road but this is the way we start with merchandising also like us on facebook head us up at conspiracy t show on twitter and also rate and review every time you rate and review it helps us no five-star reviews this week huh we did i just didn't fucking i should have uh i'm a busy man i'm sorry we'll be back next week with five-star reviews josh where are you when you're not here off tempo podcast that's the new podcast that april and i do on beer city media network and that is on facebook and podbean and that's stories from the stage to the studio and everything in between and of course you can find larry and josh and myself on the potty slam podcast we are a wrestling historical podcast telling stories from the locker room and beyond 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 <laughs> you can find us uh, on Facebook and Twitter and Podomatic. Podcast.net. Yeah. And that's it for That's how you do a plug. <laughs> oh, Larry. Jaded podcast. He's been podcasting since 1947. You, but, oh, you don't listen to podcasts? <laughs> do, you, do you get like when the plugs come? Are you like all excited to hear him talk and describe a show for the 900th time? Well, no, but if, <laughs> if you bring up a fa- the fact that you're on shop.spreadshirt.com. I didn't rush that part. That part was great. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. <laughs> Just messing with you. Guys, we had a good episode. I think it's fun that we got to talk about a murder. I hope we get to cover more murders in season two. Mm-hmm. Actually, season two is going to have some doozies in it. And they're coming doozy soon. Be- doozy. They're, they're coming soon because we're on we're on number we're on number ninety one and a hundred is right on the horizon in the butt and it's in the butt. So, does anybody have anything they want to add before we close this episode out? I'm drunk, but I'll make sure it happens. Mm, I did that. Can I get a Woody Woodpecker laugh? 
for the road? Absolutely. <laughs> Thank you. It's fucking embarrassing. Love that one. All right. Well, that was me. Was that who is that? Oh my god! What was that from? Let's be clear in my throat a couple weeks ago. Now <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, the winter months are behind us. It's time to get ready for spring. How you feeling, Josh? Just dandy. All right. We'll see you. We will see you next week <laughs> on another episode of the Conspiracy Therapy Podcast. Have a great one, guys. I was living in Hollywood, trying to make it I know I could. Then some things turned upside down, reached the top, then I hit the ground. They said I would have a star on the walk of fame. No. This has been a presentation of Beer City Media. (laughs) 